Welcome back to another episode of Generally Assembled, your favorite House Republican podcast. Jason Guy has been joined by Mike Schraub. Jason. Jesse Topper is once again on assignment this week um, in Bedford County, I'm assuming. And um, But, uh, you know, Representative Topper has been uh, in the news a bit recently. You know why? Why's that? Uh, huge education funding case yeah. came down mm-hmm. since uh, we last uh, were on this podcast. And, Mike, I really don't think people know. I think people think that it means something other than what they want it to mean. Is that fair? Yeah, I think that's true. I think you could basically, depending on the camp you're talking to, you will hear a different conclusion about what this uh, court ruling actually means, quote unquote, boots on the ground. I mean, look, you know, we got to do setup here. I'm trying to relax. But yeah, like, get comfortable. Like, we got this nice new table. I can't lean back. I need a handheld mic. Uh, I don't know. I just want to lean back and just, I just want to riff. It's like a, like a log cabin in here now. It's great. I like uh, it. You know, look, I think one of the big things that, you know that that we've been talking about here is that now we have the opportunity for wholesale and transformational change in our education system and to really change how uh, education the model of education delivery uh, is broken that's mm-hmm. what that court case said mm-hmm. it's not just funding the whole system is broken mm-hmm. um, so uh, in order to take on a broken system you need to have wholesale change mm-hmm. um, this is not just a, a situation where it's like let's give more money to a failing system because Democrats have tried that for years with the welfare system uh, you know like this is something where we need to look at every aspect of education delivery K through 12 find out what we could do better uh, and really find equity uh, between students and the education system that they're supposed to be in while empowering parents and families with the best decisions and, and, and choices possible. Yeah, you don't have to look at other state agencies or other systems of government to recognize this problem. Look at what the legislature and the governors have done for the last decade plus consistently increased funding to education, not just by incremental percentage points, but by billions and billions of dollars. And what have we seen the last few years? A steady decline in results as measured by statewide testing. And you can have an argument about well, because what that no means. Because there's no accountability. Right. And so this is never this can never just be about throwing more money at the problem. We've done that. You know, the yeah, legislature and have. governors have done that, which is why we were in an interesting position in the speaker's office last session where this this court case clearly felt like it was finally reaching a uh, an ending point, which took years and years to get there, by the way. Uh, and people would kind of say, how do you feel about your chances of winning the case? And you'd say, no, 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 no. I'm, this is not about. Uh, Speaker Cutler winning or losing this case. He is forced into a position of defense because he represents the legislature, the legislature's actions. But in terms of education funding, this is something that both sides of the aisle and the governor's office have consistently done year after year after year. And to your point, the investments that we've made on behalf of taxpayers have not resulted in a stronger across-the-board education system uh, for any corner of the Commonwealth. Yeah, no uh, for, discernible improvement despite right. the higher inc- higher fund, and, and, fund, and, increase in funding. And you'll hear critics argue, oh, uh, poorer kids, poorer districts are, are being hit the hardest. Uh, this, this district has a huge advantage. No, no, no. Across the board, the results have been dropping. So you're exactly right. The courts have tasked all Pennsylvania leaders. This is not a task just for the, for the legislature. This is not a task for House Republicans or House Democrats. This is a task for everybody involved in determining policy going forward for Pennsylvanians. Uh, a wholesale change of exactly how we educate our kids and what that means uh, for the future of this Commonwealth. All right. Well, uh, let's move on. Transition. <laughs> We're back in session next week. We start on Tuesday, two 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 Tuesday. Allegedly, allegedly, that's true. I'll believe it when I see it. 
I have a feeling it's going to be deja vu all over again. I think you're probably right. That's okay. uh, we haven't seen these Rossi rules, as he likes to refer to them as. We haven't seen House Democrat rules. Uh, we've seen our rules. As a matter yeah. of fact, everybody in Pennsylvania has seen our rules. I, you know, and to, to, to hammer home that point, this is exactly where we were on January 3rd, where yep. House Republicans had rules that we were ready to vote on. And January 9th. And then uh, never came to the floor to even take the roll. Yeah, and then when we came in a special session on the 9th to try to get this one priority, which the Speaker has locked the entire House down in order to achieve, and, and frankly, he's blown his own legislative priorities deadlines. It, this is a complete and utter system-wide failure from the Speaker's office. It's true. I, I mean, it kind of reminds me of uh, Homer Simpson at the nuclear power plant. You know, and all of a sudden there's a nuclear meltdown. It's like, oh, geez, there's an unqualified guy as our safety person. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's like Mark Rossi took over, and all of a sudden uh, we tried to get into session. It was <laughs> and uh, you know, the, the House of Representatives Attention. is in the process of Emergency. melting down. All personnel must evacuate immediately. Yeah, uh, Brian Cutler this week at a press conference and hammer home that point that. We have been waiting for rules, waiting for a plan to move forward, waiting for an agenda from Democratic leaders about what they want to accomplish this session. Mark Rossi fired back with a tongue-in-cheek tweet with a picture of the session calendar saying, I guess somebody should tell Brian Cutler we have session days scheduled. Completely not the point. Just because you put dates on paper does not mean you're ready to do anything, as proven by the special session that was already called and we accomplished nothing. And going back to the single issue that uh, Speaker Rossi has has locked the chamber over. We're only here forced to take it up one more time because of a failure at the Department of State and a failure under the previous governor that this issue was not already done. And now here we are, and we can't even get it out of the House where we've moved it continuously because right. the Speaker can't get out of his own way. Well, this right, and this is it, this is a an unhinged way to deal with something which is not a problem to get done in the first place. It's not like everybody at the beginning of session, everybody's like, we're not doing the statute of limitations constitutional amendment. And Rossi's like, well, you're going to do it. Uh, and if you don't, I'm locking the house down. Mm -hmm. Literally every leader agreed before session even began that this was going to be the, the a major priority. Mm -hmm. um, yet for some reason, it's because of, uh, I don't know if it's inexperience or... Um, you know, it's it's some sort of a uh, defense mechanism or whatever. Like the chamber has been shut down over something everybody has agreed to do, and literally, it's Mark Rossi who's preventing us from doing it. Yeah, and there's a column this week, but John Baer, longtime critic of what goes on in this building, wrote just a pretty scathing column that calls out this chamber. Basically, says nobody cares about your little squabbles inside. Nobody cares about your office space. Nobody cares about who offended who. Shut up. And do your job on behalf of the people. That's what he, he he wrote down. That was a call to everybody. And you know, we've been locked out of doing that work. Our policy committee has shown up and done is all they can. Yep, appropriations. Yeah, we've tried to get things moving, but we've been locked out of the process. And um, you know, I hope that the, the folks on the other side of the aisle and the folks in the speaker's office take that to heart and go, they're exactly right. The people did not send us here to squabble over nothing and do absolutely nothing. You know, you you got to go home and, and brag about some kind of a win. And at this point, it seems that the folks in charge would rather just brag about annoying the other side. Well, right. And, and here we are now seven weeks into this legislative session, which has not even technically even begun. 
uh, because we're not organized. And we, what we said weeks ago is still maintains as the truth, which is while Republicans have been working to wedge open some policy discussions and actual things of substance, Democrats continue to care about only three things, money, office space, and titles. And that they're the ones who have been the ones, uh, it's like lawyers, guns, and money. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, oh, we want office space, titles, well, they've been, and, and money. They've been, they've been very quiet, which makes you wonder what their plans will be when we get back next week as well. They don't seem to be focused on any piece of policy, which leads you wonder what, what they actually do want to do when they show up to the floor, which makes Mark Rossi really concerned, I think. Yeah, again, it's, uh, it's, I think Democrats are in charge and they don't know exactly what, that, what to do with that. And, you know, as, as uh, you know, one of my favorite movie scenes of all time, uh, Mike, and I've, I've told you about this before in our office is in The Candidate, when, uh, when Robert Redford, the Senate candidate, ends up winning and he wasn't supposed to, and he finds out that he wins and he's has to go give his, his victory speech, and he's being chased by the press down the hall. He grabs his campaign manager, the late Peter Boyle, and wants to know, pulls him into the room, closes the door, and goes, now what do we do? I think the Democrats are very much in that position. The tail is wagging them. They don't know how to deal with the ability to lead. They don't know what to do with the mantle of leadership. And they don't want that to spill into the public that they've been waiting for 12 years and their talking points are no longer a viable plan. Yeah, it's been hurry up and wait, you know, for the last few weeks. I anxiously anticipate probably a little bit more of a hurry up and wait session next week. And probably for the next two years. All right, folks. Well, uh, we uh, we need to get going here. But that's Tiger's uh, playing golf, so we're all going to make it. Uh, look, Tigers playing golf, Full Swing is on Netflix. Yeah. Uh, the weather's getting nice. It's a beautiful day to be in Pennsylvania, despite the fact that it's raining on this uh, gloomy Friday. But, yeah, that's generally somewhat for this week. Uh, you can find this podcast for all of your favorite House Republican podcasts are found, www.pahousegop.com slash podcast. available on Apple, Google, and Spotify. For Mike Straub, I'm Jason Gottesman. Uh, Ruth Topper, we still love you. Tell Jesse to pop on sometime. That's generally somewhat for this week. Send lawyers, guns, and money. 